Hello and welcome back to Quality Dairy Sports Radio. I am your host, Ryan Dairy. This is episode number two. This week, we are going to talk a bit about football, the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday, the Lions on Sunday, and then we're going to get into our big discussion about hockey. The hockey season kicks off this week. Opening night is Tuesday. The Red Wings actually open the season on Thursday in New Jersey against the Devils. So we will go through all the divisions, all the teams. Uh, I'll give who I think is going to make the playoffs. I might even give a prediction for who I think will win the cup. Then we'll sort of revisit that uh, at the end of the season when the playoffs come around, see how good I did. But, uh, yeah, first off, though, let's talk a little football. Uh, Start with Michigan. Michigan Wolverines on Saturday went up to Minnesota at night and completely dominated. Uh, Won the game 52-10. Wasn't close at all. Opening uh, play of the game... 12 seconds in, pick six, Michigan took it to the house. That's how the game started, and it got no better for Minnesota from there. Both sides of the ball did whatever we wanted to do. By the fourth quarter, once again, our backups were in playing, so not really a test at all. This team, this team's on a mission this year, get through the Big Ten and win a title. I mean, that's what it's all about this year. It's big. It's a, it's a national title or bust. All the guys that are coming back, it's like that's what everyone's worked towards. That's what they have their eye on. So, yeah, another easy week. Next week we play Indiana at noon, back at home. Won't be much of a matchup at all again. But, yeah, Michigan just just rolling, taking care of business. Just head down, playing good, both sides of the ball, sort of found their stride. So, yeah. Not won't talk too much more about that. They're just continuing towards their hopes of making the playoffs and winning a national championship. Next, let's uh yeah, let's get into the Lions. So Sunday, Lions played the Panthers and we we kicked their ass. We dominated on both sides of the ball for the most part. We beat a team we were supposed to beat, and that's the best thing about this past weekend and the win. Carolina, not a good team. Rookie quarterback, 0-4, coming into Ford Field. Previous teams back in the day, you know, it's like we got to, if we would have gotten off to a good start, we would play down to the competition. It'd be a close game, possibly even lose. This team, no. Right from the beginning, we inflicted our will on Carolina and uh, never let them get up, never let them get started. So, And we did it with a lot of injuries. Gibbs was out, Monroe St. Brown, Brian Branch. So we did it at home with injuries to a bad team, which gives me hope. Hutchinson had an incredible interception in that game. Uh, David Montgomery, once again, over 100 yards, one touchdown. Jared Goff looked amazing. Four total touchdowns. Yeah, the team is starting to find its stride. Hopefully, as we go, we'll sort of get healthy. That's our biggest problem right now. Our offensive line is looking better. Taylor Decker looked a little better this week than last week. 
especially in the run game. Still pass blocking, you can tell he's hurting on that ankle. But every week, if our especially if our offensive line can keep getting healthier and healthier, keep running the ball, get our guys back, this team's gonna seems gonna do some good stuff. We're definitely gonna win the division. It's not even a not even good say anything anyone else has a chance in that right now this team this team's gonna win the division pretty easily that's gonna be all about seeding you know where we go we'll at least get one home playoff game hopefully be the at least the number three seed we just gotta keep winning games because right now the 49ers and eagles are on a roll both still undefeated so can't fall too far behind if we want to try and somehow get the number one seed or number two seed and try and have uh if we get win that divisional ground uh, home playoff game in the in the what would it be? Yeah, in the second round. So yeah, a uh, little bit talk about the whole Sam Laporta, T.J. Hawkinson thing. Like Sam Laporta getting him in the draft this year, he has been amazing. He had two touchdowns this last season. Has been has stepped right in from what we lost. TJ Hawkinson the last few years picked up I mean he fits our offense so much better I don't know what it was last year it's like but the TJ Hawkinson trade right after that is when we went on our winning streak I don't know if he if he didn't get along in the locker room if he didn't buy into the culture if they were trying to find a way to fit him into the offense and he wasn't finding a way but from last season to now, after we traded TJ Hawkinson, this team has been on a roll, and Sam Laporta has now come in as a rookie, filled the hole that Hawkinson left, is a playmaker in the pass game, is a good blocker, it's just going to keep getting better, so it's very interesting to see how those two things lined up. Hawkinson got his big deal then with Minnesota, so it worked out for him in the end, but it might have been a blessing in disguise that you know, at the time last year looked weird and bad and why are we doing this? But in the long run now it's looking like they knew something we didn't, so that's that's really good. Also, what we did in the offseason with our running backs, David Montgomery signing him or getting him from Chicago, huge. You know, Jamal Williams last year, I loved him. You know, hard runner, good guy, good team guy sort of made a mistake in the offseason you know the Lions did offer him a, I think like three by four three years four million a year or something like that or like 12 million I think over three years or something like that and Williams wanted to go out test the market the market wasn't there we moved on before him he ended up getting less money from the Saints and now he's hurt but hate to see that but pickup of David Montgomery has been a game changer I mean he is for what Jamal Williams did last year David Montgomery is a better back all around and I'll tell you what Chicago Bears fans must be in so much pain and anger seeing what he's doing on Detroit when they had this guy and what he could have been for them so that's even sweeter, getting him away from Chicago and sort of rubbing it in their face of how much they misused and didn't get what they could have out of Montgomery. Really, really awesome thing to do that to a division rival. And they have to 
watch it week after week, especially when we play him twice a year. Also, our other running backs, even though Gibbs didn't play this year, we drafted him in the first round You know, he to replace uh, DeAndre Swift, who we traded. I think that's another one. I think DeAndre Swift, he's shown that he's still got it in Philly, racking up uh, yards, touchdowns, all that stuff with them. But I think for us, the two big... The two big things that sort of turned us around were TJ Hawkinson trade, and I think the DeAndre Swift getting rid of him during the draft. You know, he was always hurt for us. I just don't think he really fit in with this team. You know, it's like last year when we did when uh when the Lions were on hard knocks, you would see Swift, and I just I think the culture and the way Dan Campbell is and how he motivates and talks and stuff, I think. DeAndre Swift's just a little bit of a different a different personality, different character. And that's not to say that it wouldn't have worked long term if he would still be here. I just think that he found a better spot with a better team in Philadelphia than with the Lions. I just think he fits in better with the way Philadelphia, their culture is the way their head coach is compared to Dan Campbell. And it's working out for him. You know, it's like he's having a good year with Philly. A lot of yards, touchdowns. So he's, I'm sure, very happy. So it's actually a trade that worked out for both of us. Just like the Hawkinson thing, you know. Hawkinson got paid in Minnesota. And we got Sam Laporte in the draft. So... Really, it sort of worked out for both parties there also. But, yeah, the Lions this week, we go down to Tampa Bay. The game actually got moved to 4 o'clock for us, so I think we're the primetime game in that 4 o'clock window, I should say. So, I mean, realistically, we should win the game the way we've been playing. Tampa, they do have a good defense. Mike Evans... We don't know if he's going to play. He's had that hamstring injury. If he doesn't play, that's a big loss for Tampa. You know, I think I think just where we are and where Tampa is, we should we should win that game. Right now, I think the early line was three points. Where lines are a three point favorite on the road, which is about right. You know, I think it'll be a tough game. I don't think we're going to go in there and win by you know twenty points like we did this week against uh, Carolina, but. I think with what way our team is playing, the way we're getting better every week, we're starting to find our rhythm. I do think that we should go into into Tampa and cement ourselves against the South, against the rest of the league, because the week after that we have Baltimore. Really cement ourselves as that third best team in the NFC. So we'll see how that goes this weekend, how the Lions do. Hopefully we'll get the win. Uh, The one other thing about football I want to talk about, 49ers. They are one of the best teams I've seen in a long time. Every single position inside of the ball, they have a playmaker at. Like, they do not have a weakness. Literally every single position on offense, defense, and special teams, they have one of the top guys at. And with Brock Purdy being in his rookie contract, they were able to pay all these other guys and have this team. I mean, 
they smoked the Cowboys this past weekend. It it's going to take a lot to beat the 49ers. As much as I want to be uh to root for the Lions and I will all the way through. I just think that especially right now the 49ers are winning it all and they're probably going to make it look fairly easy. Like this team's on a mission from what happened last year in the playoffs going to Philly losing all their quarterbacks like they came back and they are head down ready to go it's it's a heck of a team on top of that I gotta say Brock Purdy he's turned me around it's like I thought last year when Brock Purdy came in I was like okay you know coming in rookie doesn't really know what's going on being safe with the ball you know they do some good stuff I'm like is this guy really that good start the year starts off strong now he's five and zero. and when you watch him he has such good ball placement with the ball you know it's like doesn't have the biggest of arms but his touch and accuracy is so on and he knows the offense so well I I think he he has shown now that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He doesn't have a lot of – he's not a flashy guy. You know, it's like he's not big and strong. He's not a Pat Mahomes or a Josh Allen or some of those guys like that. But, man, he just wins. He knows where to go. He has touch with the ball. It's it's impressive to watch. I think the one big thing that they talked about, especially on the podcast with him, is ability to process information especially as a quarterback, the amount of things you need to know from the second that play comes in to when you get to the line to after the ball snapped, to process information quickly, go through your reads, know what's going on, where players are going to be, seeing reading what the defense is like. That That's just something that you can't teach, and that's what the great ones have. I'm not saying he's going to be all-time great right now, a little too early for that, but when you look at great ones from any position, from, you know, quarterback to wide receivers to defense, you know, it's like they all have that ability to process information and know where they're going before the other guy does. And he seems to have that, which is a huge asset for them. But, yeah, right now the 49ers, they definitely look like there is no team beating them. The Eagles are 5-0 also, but... Even them right now, I think the 49ers are the clear favorites to win the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll see how this season goes. Unless some big, big injuries happen, I I think it's just about over as it is. You know, we saw in, what was that, 2000, whenever the Patriots went on their run to, uh, when went undefeated, lost to the Giants. I mean, something crazy like that could happen. It always could. But as of right now, the 49ers just look dominant. So, uh, yeah, that sort of take care of football. Now let's get into hockey. Our big segment going through all the divisions and teams, seeing what the outlook's going to be on the season, make some predictions, who's going to make the playoffs. We'll sort of start with the Red Wings. This was our final week of preseason had four games this past week to get uh see who's going to make the roster who's not most of the players made the roster that I thought were going to make it 
two little bit of surprises. But, uh, yeah, so last week, Chicago, they played on Tuesday. The one thing that's showing and is clearly evident right now that I cannot stand, and I don't know why we did it, but, and I understand it's still preseason, but Justin Hall, man, he is just, he is a not a very good player out there, and we signed him to a three-year deal, and I just don't understand why. Like, he has not impressed me one bit. He turns the puck over way too much. He doesn't really play defense. He's sloppy. I don't know why Eiserman signed him to a three-year deal, especially with all the young talent we have at defense coming up through the system. That's mind-boggling to me. Also, against the Chicago, I think one guy, he did get sent down to Grand Rapids, we found out. Albert Johansson. You know, he's not a he's a defenseman for us. He He's just a solid, good defenseman. You know, he's not flashy. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar. But, you know, it's like he, he just he plays defense. You know, he's not going to do much offensively, I don't think, ever. But... It's like he just, he's solid. He's a guy you need. He's that fifth or sixth guy on a team you need for defense that's not going to give up goals and not going to give up easy plays to guys. Another thing I saw, Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp really needs to show me something this season. I understand last year they're talking about him coming back off injury, the you know, abdomen, abdominal surgery, whatever like that, that that takes a long time to come back from. And, you know, it's like it could have lingered all year. Now he's had a fully off season. He should be fully ready to go. He really needs to show me something last year. Last year, last season, or this year I should say, last year, nine goals, 33 assists, 42 total points. I'm sorry, but that's just not good enough, especially if you're number two center. We'll see where they play him, if he's number two or number three. But, I mean, I understand he's not going to be a 40-goal scorer, but you need to at least put up 20, 25 goals and 35, 40 assists. Like, that should be where you're at. And we paid him a lot of money, a lot of years, so it's time for him to this year to really step up. Also in that preseason game against Chicago, Bergeron and Valeno played probably their best games of the season preseason so far. They really showed out in that game. Unfortunately, we'll get to it. Bergeron got sent to the two Grand Rapids. Valeno did make the team, but that was definitely their best game. Wednesday, we played Pittsburgh. Big takeaways from that game. Daniel Sprong. Man. Daniel Sprong has one hell of a shot. Like, he he has such a quick release and has a great slap shot. It just it, it finds the net. Why Seattle did not sign him, I have no idea. But getting him for one year, which maybe down the line turns into more, is a big pickup. You know, realistically, he's probably going to play on the third line. He probably should get a little more playing time. Second or third, we'll see how the lineups go or how alone as the season goes, what line he plays on. But realistically, he should be that 25-30 goal scorer for us. It's like he has that good of a shot, especially getting more playing time. What what he 
could be for us this year, goal scoring wise, is who I think we thought Verano would be for us. It's like Jacob Verano, we brought him in. Such a good shot. He just had injuries, and then when he came back from injuries, for whatever reason, it just, him and management just did not see eye to eye. You know, we traded him to St. Louis. He gets a brand new start there, at least. So that was a failed experiment, but now with Daniel Sprong, I think he's the guy we brought in to, he's the guy this year who can be what we were hoping Jacob Verona could be, that goal scorer for us. Thursday, they played in Toronto, in Canada, no broadcast. Couldn't see the game, so unless you were in Canada. And Sunday, they sort of uh, had Toronto at home on Saturday, final preseason game. Basically, our full lineup was in what pretty much is going to look like our full lineup now. And it took us a little while to get going, but finally, uh, NHLers, showed up and actually won and took over because we were basically playing against a against a uh, minor league team. But uh, from that preseason, I think the two big things that stood out was that a lot of our guys are about a year away. A lot of our younger prospects like Danielson, Casper, uh, guys like that need a little more time in the minors. But also the other thing that uh, stood out was uh, Simon Edvinson is definitely ready to be a major league. Uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> so on Sunday, Sunday night, they made their final roster decision for the Red Wings. Basically, everyone who played in that final preseason game uh, ended up on the roster. They uh, decided to go with three goalies. Huso, uh, Reimer, and then that Lion, seven defensemen. Uh, they went with Sider, Wallman, Gassespierre, Petrie, Mata, Schrott, Hall, and then twenty or uh, thirteen uh, forwards. They went with, uh, of course, Larkin, Raymond, DeBrinket, Fabry, Comfort, Stru- Sprong. Rasmussen, Kopp, Perron, Valeno, Costin, Fisher. And then they signed Zach Austin Reese to a one-year two-way deal. So with that being our full uh, roster right there, the one sort of surprising thing is that Jonathan Bergeron did not make the team. He was, like I said, sent down to Grand Rapids. Now, if he wasn't going to play much up here, I'm okay with that. Like I said, he didn't have the best uh, preseason at the end of it. He sort of played his better, uh, some better games at the end of the preseason. But from last year, at the end of the year last year, he sort of fell off a little bit. Like I said, not the best preseason. So him going down to Grand Rapids, I don't mind. He can get some more time down there. Uh, And like I said, if he wasn't really going to play much for us up, on the Red Wings, I'd rather him play a lot more down in the minors, get more experience. So that that pretty much all I'm good with, especially our forwards. We'll see how the team does, what our lineups look like. My big issue that happened out of all this stuff, like I said, Simon Edvidson 
throughout last season. When Simon Edvinson came up last year at the end of the year to get his like nine or ten games in before the whole contract thing, it's not a year of eligibility towards however all that stuff works at the end of the year. They wanted to bring him up for only a certain number of games so he wouldn't have a full year of eligibility in the majors, all that stuff. Last year, maybe one or two games, his first first and second game last year, sort of figuring out, you know, it's like he was trying to sort of get accustomed to the NHL game, you know, better players, bigger players, faster players. But after that, by the end of his short term last year, by that 8, 9, 10 game mark, he had shown that he's ready to play in the in the National Hockey League. Then you then he had that shoulder injury this uh off season which he had surgery for. Comes back. I thought he wasn't gonna be ready till like December or stuff. That was early reports. Lo and behold, he was ready to go at training camp. From what I saw of the videos when he was up in uh Traverse City for training camp and then in preseason, all the preseason preseason games he played there is no doubt he should be on the roster. He should be a Detroit Red Wing, and it is a joke that he is not. I could make the case that he is the second best defenseman we have right now. Cider, he's number one. He can be a generational talent. He's a guy who you're going to have for the next 15, 20 years and be an anchor for the team like Nick Lidstrom was. But there is a good case to make that Simon Edvidson is the second best defensive defenseman we have and that he is not on the goddamn team to start the year is a fucking joke. They went with fucking Justin Hall... Ali Mata, even Petrie and Sherat over goddamn Edvidson. When you're not going to play your best players, that is the one thing that pisses me off to no end. I don't know why they did it. I don't know who had the final say in the decision. I don't know if it was the coach, if it's Iserman, if it's a combination of all of it. But they made up. They made a big mistake. They screwed up with this decision. They really did. To have him go down to Grand Rapids and play is a fucking joke. He is as ready as Sider was when Sider played as a rookie. He showed it last year. He showed it this training camp. He showed it this preseason. Unless in practice, which I don't get to see... He is one of the worst practice players you'll ever see in your life and has one of the worst attitudes. There is no reason that Simon Evanson should not have played that made this team. It goes Cider, if you want to argue Gossespierre, okay. But Edvinson at least is the number three best defenseman we have right now, and he is going to goddamn Grand Rapids. It is a joke. I don't know what the hell Eiserman was thinking, especially in this offseason when he went out, signed Justin Hole, got Petrie, 
I, we have so much depth at defense in the minor leagues. That is where we have spent so many of our goddamn draft picks the last few years is on defensemen. And you sign all of these guys to long-term deals. The Our only player on defense on a one-year deal is Shane Gossespierre. Justin Hull got three years. Dan Petrie has two years left. Ali Mata has two years. Ben Sherratt has three more years. And Ben Sherratt, sorry to say, last year was dog shit. Getting him as a big signing, thought, oh, coming in? No. Ben Sherratt did not play well last year. And I know he only had a limited time at camp this year because of everything that happened in his personal life. But he looked like dog shit in camp. You know, he's going to be on the second or third line probably, probably that third line of our defense. Like, when you don't play your best goddamn players on the team, I can't, I don't understand what the thought process is. That means you just don't want to win. And I understand the Red Wings are not a Stanley Cup team yet. But when you have a top guy who's better than half the players on your defense and you don't play him, especially to get experience, it's bullshit. And you know what? If you're Iserman, all you got to do is come out and say, listen, I fucked up. I fucked up in signing all these defensemen long-term because I maybe thought that the young guys weren't going to be ready in time. And guess what? You cut one you we have salary cap space you put them on waivers you do whatever you have to do but you get your goddamn best guys up and playing on the team so i hope he has a goddamn plan because it really pisses me off that simon edmondson is not on the team he should be up there's no question about it he's better than half the goddamn guys we have out there and if he isn't up pretty quick, unless they are, they're looking to trade somebody the first couple games or something like that, if you don't come up till late in the season or even not at all, it really is a fucking joke. That's my one big my one big uh, issue with anything that happened with the roster. Him being left off is to me unacceptable. That's a huge mistake they made, personally. Definitely should be on the on the opening day roster. Okay, now that I got that rant out of the way, let's uh, get into our our preseason breakdown, our predictions for all the teams, all the divisions, who's going to make the playoffs. Let's start in the Atlantic. Let's just start with. Uh, Detroit, what we've been talking about, our roster is set, what our lines are going to look like, I don't really know. The big thing for us, well, one, like I said, Edmondson not being up, our defense is just worse, it just is, and then scoring. Are are we going to be able to score enough? Are the, Will the Wings be able to score enough goals? That's been our issue for the last few years. We can't put the puck in the net, you know? Not even Larkin. Larkin has some games and had some goals and stuff last year, but not what he should. Not for now what being an $8 million a year player. You know, it's like we bought Debrinket in. 
He had 40 goals with Chicago there and stuff. I'm expecting big things out of him. I just am, especially if our top line goes Larkin to Brinkett Raymond. Like, that line has to produce is your top line. So I'm looking, I'm expecting big things out of Debrinkit to get back on his ways. He didn't, his, the Ottawa stuff, who knows, he was not happy there. He needs to have a big season, so does Raymond. Raymond, in the offseason, they talked about it, put on like 12 pounds, got bigger, all muscle, so he doesn't get pushed around enough or pushed around anymore like he had been the first few seasons, a little more durable. But Raymond, Raymond needs to produce. This is a contract year for him as well. I mean, it's like I get he's still only 21, 22, but you need to put up 25, 30 goals. You just do. Especially now you got better players around you. You're on the line with possibly Larkin to bring it or maybe Comfort and somebody else. You need to put numbers up. You just do. Uh, Comfort, we'll see what he does. Sprong, I think he'll put numbers up. I think he's the one guy on our team that you, you could right now count on at least 20 goals, depending on what line he's on. His shot's just that good, and he'll get more time. Fabry, if he can stay healthy, I think he gives us some stuff. I talked about Cop. Cop needs to show something this year compared to last year. And then our fourth line, we'll see what they do. I mean, Valeno, I think Valeno is who he is. I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Costin can hopefully give us some toughness, sort of like that. But it's all going to be about scoring for Detroit. It's really what's going to come down to. Because who are going to be battling for the playoffs? It's like those that last spot for the playoffs against most likely Ottawa, Buffalo, like, we have the best goaltending in that, uh, out of those three teams. Huso in that is the best goaltender of those three teams. So it'll come down to how much can we score and will our defense hold up. We already know with my rant that with Edmondson not up, our defense is just weaker. It just is. It's not as good without him. And will we score enough points? So we'll see how that goes. So... That's sort of Detroit uh, in the Atlantic. Let's do Toronto. So Toronto, I mean, I have them, Toronto, number one in the Atlantic. It'll be back and forth. It'll be close, I think, between them and Florida. But I got Toronto, number one in the Atlantic. Matthews got paid. They still have Marner, Tavares, Nylander, all that money at the top. So they're going to score goals. They just are. They're going to beat a lot of the uh, worst teams. They're going to pick up a lot of points. It's like they have their top guys are good enough that they can get them to the playoffs. That's not their issue. The issue is them in the playoffs. Like I said, I have them them number one in the Atlantic. They just they have that firepower at top. They picked up Bertuzzi in the offseason. They got rid of Michael Bunting, who is a joke. I hate Michael Bunting. He's a whiny little bitch, flops all the time, tries to pick up shit, uh, crap penalties. I think he was a hindrance to that team, and I think they saw it, at the uh, especially at the end of the last season. So they got rid of him, uh, picked up Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, if Bertuzzi plays on that top or on 
that first or second line, he should put put up points. He'll be playing with some of the best guys he's ever played with. Can he stay healthy? That's Bertuzzi's big thing, staying healthy and sort of playing in the system. The guys have to hold him accountable to play in their system. But other than that, he's gonna he should put up big points if he stays out there and healthy. The big issue at Toronto, once again, I think is going to be defense. I think their defense is a little better than last year maybe, but also goaltending. You know, is Samsonov going to be the guy who can carry him all the way? Now in the regular season, I think he for sure could be that guy. Even if he plays average, the amount they're going to score, they'll just outscore teams, but they have no backup. Like they have that wall or whatever. How good is he going to be? Our B team beat him, or I should say our A team, completely dominated him on Saturday in that final preseason game. So it's going to come down to their defense and goaltending. But like I said, offensively, they are they are loaded offensively. So I have them number one in the Atlantic, Toronto. Second in the Atlantic, I think it will be Florida. Like they might, they might be number two, or they might be able to get number one in the in the division. They have pretty much everyone coming back: Barkov, uh, Reinhardt, Bennett, Verhage, Matthew Kachuk. You'll find out during the season during this podcast. I hate the Kachuks. Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, they're both. I just cannot stand them, cannot stand the way they play. But they have basically their entire roster coming back from last year with the run they made. They got Bobrovsky in goal. He needs to play like he did last year. That's going to be their biggest issue because backups, what do they really have? But otherwise, that team, if they carry on with where they left off, they're going to be right there at the top of the Atlantic. So that's Toronto 1, Florida 2, I think the third team that, gets in even though they lost a top player the top guy for them hall of famer is boston i think boston is still gonna be that team up there they just they just have too much talent still and they probably and they have one of the best goalie tandem tandems in the league there is with allmark and swayman they're just they're hard to beat with what they have on defense with McAvoy and Lindholm and all those guys. That that defense and goaltending, they're going to keep them in and they're going to win a lot of games that way. They're not going to do what they did last year, I definitely don't think. Especially with Bergeron retiring, that's a huge loss for them. But they still have the top line, those guys who've been there a long time, and Pasternak and Marchand. So I think Boston... Even though they lost a couple pieces and Bergeron retired, I still think Boston gets number three. So right now in the Atlantic are three teams that are in the playoffs. I got Toronto, Florida, Boston. Four through seven is going to be very close. Let's go to the bottom. Eight team in this division I have is Montreal. Montreal, they're, they got some nice pieces with Suzuki, Caulfield, like those guys can score. They need to stay healthy. They're fun to watch. But Montreal's just not not there yet. They're still a couple years away from really competing. It's like Slavkowski, I think that's how you say his name, the pick they that number one pick they had who got hurt last year. He'll be back. 
what can he do this year? Can he help them out? Their defense is still really bad, so they're going to give up a lot of goals. And their goaltending is not much better. Bad defense, bad goaltending. They're they're going to be at the bottom of the division once again. They have a few years left until they until they're starting to compete for a playoff spot. So I have Montreal at the bottom of the division. So this middle group, I really don't know what's going to be what and who's going to finish where. For all intents and purposes, Tampa could be and probably will be the fourth team in the division and get that wild card spot. They still have Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, Hedman, Sergachev. You know, it's like they still have their solid core of guys that they've had for a long time leading this team. Tampa Bay's big loss is Andre uh, Vasilevsky being out. Him having this back surgery, you know, it's like they say it's two months, but when you're dealing with the back, who knows who knows what timetable you're going to deal with, you know? Like you said, they say two months you should be back. It could be a year. You just don't know how you're going to heal from it, how you're going to feel after it. Like back surgery is one of those ones that's a big thing, especially for a goaltender. So that's going to be their biggest issue because, I mean, who does Tampa have as a backup goalie? You know, it's like Vasilevsky is one of those guys who plays almost every game. You know, they really don't have depth at goalie. So can those top guys do enough to win enough games until Vasilevsky hopefully comes back and they can be close enough to, at the end of the year, sort of take their experience and keep them in the playoff in the playoff and wildcard hunt. We shall see with them. So we got Tampa. I think Detroit's right there. We have Ottawa. You know, it's like Ottawa is a weird team. They have talent. You know, it's like Tim Stutzla. He is a stud. You know, it's like if we didn't get screwed in that draft to where we fell to four and Stutzla went before Raven, we would have got Tim Stutzla, the Red Wings would have. I mean, he is just a stud. Any team would be lucky to have him. He's going to be a star in this league. He's going to be big for them. But, you know, it's like with Ottawa, you got him. You got Brady Kachuk, who I hate, but, you know, he knows how to play hockey. Drew, Taron Sanko signed with them. And then he, they got Kublik also in that deal with us when we got to bring it. So Kublik's a solid player who can score. On D, they still got Thomas Shabbat. The big thing for them, I think, also on D, Jacob Chitrin. You know, it's like they traded for him last year. Can he stay healthy? That's the big thing. That's his big issue. If he can stay healthy, that's going to be a big boost to Ottawa, him to play a full season. We'll see how that goes, but they have they have a solid team who shows up some games and some games just does not show up. They're very inconsistent. Also for them, Josh Norris. Josh Norris could be, I would say, is a stud, but he's always hurt. Always hurt. If he could stay healthy for a full season for Ottawa, they have a very good chance of making that final wild card spot. But we just don't know with him. 
goaltending, I think, is their big issue. You know, they got that uh, Junus Corpocrisco, however you say his name, and Anton Forsberg. Their biggest issue is going to be goaltending this year for Ottawa. You know, I think their defense is, they have a good top defense. I don't think they have much depth. So, with a weaker defense and not great goaltending, how far can those top guys take them? Can they outscore everyone? I mean, it's going to be possible. We'll see. I think the one funny thing I want to talk about Ottawa with, talk about with Ottawa is Jake Sanderson getting a contract of eight years, $8 million a year. I think that, at least right now, is one of the more laughable things I've ever seen. I could not believe it when I actually read it because I didn't remember him from last year. And I watched Ottawa a fair amount because of the division. I don't remember him really being on the ice. He only played one year. Last year was his only year. He didn't put up great numbers. I don't know. I didn't see it. I guess, like I said, if I watched every game, maybe you'd change mine. But for a guy to play one year and get an 8 by 8 contract, okay. I guess that's why Ottawa's been in their place in the spot they've been in for so long. We'll see how it pans out. I just, I don't know if how you can make that call after after one year. But we'll see. So, Ottawa, yeah, they're going to be in that mix for that wild card spot. Can they be consistent? Can they get goaltending? That's going to be their big issues. And then that last team that's going to be in that, right there with the chase with the wings and Ottawa and Tampa is Buffalo. You know, it's like last year, uh, Tyce Thompson had a breakout year. Him, also Dylan Cousins. Both of those guys had breakout years. You know, Thompson, he could turn into a superstar. So we'll see if they can keep that going this year. Also with Skinner and Tuck on the wings, you know, they have a solid they have a solid top two lines. They really do. Especially if they can get the production out of them this year is what they did last year. They're going to score a lot of goals. Defensively, they're not they're not great defensively, especially depth wise. You know, Owen Power will be in his second season. You know, it's like he sort of figured it out towards the end of the year. He's a big body, but I think he still needs a little more time. I think the one guy that everyone in Buffalo and everyone in the media loves that I think is overrated is uh, goddamn Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, I I watch quite a bit of him, and I think he's he's good. But to be people are talking about him as a top ten defenseman in the league. Yeah, I I see no shot of that, especially when people don't even have Cider as a top ten guy. I'm sorry, but Maurice Cider is a much better player than Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin wishes. He had the talent that most Sider does. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if people are paying attention to the Red Wings. That Sider does not ever get fucking talked about. Maybe they're looking at numbers only. Which when you're playing on a bad team you're not going to have. But Sider is... Sider is a top 10 defenseman in this league. And he's... I'm sorry, he's better than Rasmus Dahlin. So, but they love to uh, suck off Rasmus Dahlin in the media and in Buffalo. So... 
they can have him. They can give him his big contract. We'll see where it gets him in the long run. I'm not saying he's bad. He's good. He's just not, to me, he's not what everyone says he is. But so Buffalo, it's like they're deep. But that's a bit that Buffalo has on defense. You know, what they say is Darlene and then Owen Power. Don't really have much depth. And then goaltending. They have no goaltender. Their goaltending last year was awful. And unless guys miraculously turn it all the way around, it's going to be awful again this year. They have that Luka Leninen, who was a rookie last year. Will he take a step forward? And then they have uh, that Comrie. I mean, they have the same issue that Ottawa does. How how much are they going to get out of their goaltenders? Like I said, out of, the, out of, the, out of Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, the Red Wings for sure have the best goaltender in Billy Huso. You know, it's like Buffalo's, that's how the Buffalo would score a lot of goals and they would get outscored a lot because their defense and goaltending was crappy last year. Same with Ottawa. So that's going to be their biggest issue. And you know that goaltending in the playoffs can carry you, but in the regular season it might not be as bad. But if you're giving up four or five goals a night, it's hard to score that many on the opposite side. So those middling teams between Tampa, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo. I've been struggling of where I'm going to put everyone. I think it's very close. I think those teams are going to be interchangeable, especially if Vasilevsky does not come back this year or if Tampa falls too far back without with him out. So I think with what I'm going to do, we'll go Toronto, Number one, Florida two, Boston three. Those are your three that are in from the Atlantic. Then we'll get to the wild card. I'll give the wild card team to Tampa. We'll go Tampa four. I will be biased right here because I don't know what what these three teams are going to be or how they'll play throughout the entire year, how consistent they'll be. I will be biased. I'll go Detroit 5, Ottawa 6, Buffalo 7, and then, like I said, Montreal 8. So in the Atlantic, we have Toronto, Florida, Boston, Tampa, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal. Like I said, between Tampa, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, anything can happen with those four teams. They're really close on who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to get in for a wild-card spot. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with injuries, if teams play up their capability. So, yeah, that's the Atlantic division for me. Next up, let's do the Metropolitan Division. So, in the Metropolitan, we have New Jersey, New York, Carolina, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, Flyers, and Columbus. So let's just start at the bottom. I have the Flyers being number eight in the division. Flyers, not a very good team in the rebuilding process. You know, their top guys, uh, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, they don't really have much after that. A lot of young guys, how will they progress? They got Carter Hart and goal. But to be honest, I really don't know much about Philly. Did not really watch him much. 
they're a boring team. They're a bad team. Just really have no interest, no stars. Not a whole lot of interest in watching them. So they're rebuilding. We'll see how they do. But I have I have the Flyers finishing last in the Metropolitan. Next up, Columbus. I have Columbus 7. Uh, interesting start to the year for them. Last year during the offseason, hiring Babcock. All the stuff that came out with Babcock and the players. Columbus firing Babcock. So it's a it's a rough start to this year for Columbus before even getting going. But, I mean, Columbus, I still have them finishing seven, but they got a lot of talent. You know, they do have talent. A lot of young guys, though. You know, it's like they do have a good, good top line in Goudreau, Line, and Boone Jenner. And those guys, can they stay healthy? That was a big issue last year for them. Keeping those guys healthy, especially Line A. Can those guys all play up to their potential? Ken Johnson, I think, is a rising star. You know, it's like he played well last year. Not huge numbers, but, I mean, 16 goals, 24 assists, and 40 points. That's pretty damn good for a rookie. Gets a little, if he plays with some better guys around him, can put up even better numbers. Like I said, I think he, he's a star on the rise for them, so they have a really bright future in that. Also, another guy that I think is going to be an absolute stud in the league, and I am shocked that Anaheim did not draft him. They drafted that Carlson is Adam Fantilli. I think Adam Fantilli, of all the guys in the in the draft this year, was the most league ready. He has the size and the body to be able to put up with the punishment that you're going to take right away early on in the league. He's got speed. He's got a shot. I mean, I think Columbus, outside of Bedard, Columbus got the steal getting Adam Fantilli in this draft. I think he, will, in the long run, will turn out to be number two, probably the number two overall guy, maybe three, at least top five in this entire draft. Adam Fantilli, Adam Fantilli's going to be a stud in this league, future star. On defense, you know, not great. That's a weakness for them. You know, they have Damon Severinsen, Ivan Provorov. The one big thing is they're getting uh, Zach Rowinski back, who was injured for basically all of last year. Not going to have a great defense, and their goaltending is bad. Columbus, they have no goaltenders. They got that Merce Lincolns, and nobody else are going to give up a lot of goals. Said, not great defense and bad goaltending is not a winning formula. So Columbus, for what they have on firepower, I think they'll still be better than Philadelphia win more games because they have better offensive skill. And you'll see a lot of, they'll be at least a fun team to watch, I think, because of what they have on offense. But defense and goaltending is not going to not gonna be enough to do much. They're going to get a lot better on that before they start competing. So those are our bottom two teams. So uh, let's go with, let's start at the top. At the top, I'm not sure what order exactly I'm going to put them in. I think they're one and two in the division, though. You have New Jersey and New York. Let's start with New Jersey. You know, what the the run they went on last year after starting off really slow and the fans wanting the coach fired, they basically flipped a switch and started just playing great. You know, you got Hughes, Hersher. Jesper Bratt, they brought in Timo Meyer last year, Tyler Toffoli, 
it's like they got they got offensibility and and they got scoring. That's one thing that they definitely do have. I think Dawson Mercer, who last year had 27 goals, 29 assists, 56 total points. I think he is a star on the rise. Can he make, take even Can he take even that next step and be even better this year? I think he can. He's got a great game and it just gives them even more depth and talent on offense. You know, on defense, they got Dougie Hamilton, who I have my issues with him and how much people love him also. But, yeah, Dougie Hamilton, Luke Hughes, we'll see what he does. Going to be a rookie. Another Hughes brother on D. Don't really know. I'll I'll get a firsthand experience of him right away when the Red Wings play him Thursday for their opener. And then goaltending, that's probably going to be their, their biggest issue. I would say for New Jersey, Vanacek, he played good, and then they have Akira Schmidt. So I would say of New Jersey, their biggest issue would be goaltending. But as far as offensive ability, scoring goals, and their defense, I think is pretty solid. New Jersey is going to be right up there again in the Metro Division along with them. The other team I'm unsure uh, – that goes I go back and forth on is the Rangers. You know, it's like the Rangers have the guys. They still have Panarin, Zdabitajad, Kreider, Trotrek, Goudreau. They brought in Blake Wheeler. You know, defensively, they still have studs and a great defense and Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, that Keandre Miller. Studs on defense. And then goaltending, they have arguably the best goalie in the league and Igor Shosturkin. So they have they have the talent. And especially on defense, especially at goaltending, they're a weird team that I think has underperformed the last couple of years. They uh, fired their coach. They have a new coach now in Peter Laviolette. We'll see what he does with that team. I think, I think like I said, the last couple of years the Rangers have underperformed with the amount of talent they have, especially at defense and uh goaltending I think their offense needs to needs to sort of pick up and we'll see what Laviolette does with them but as far but they're going to be in it all the way to the end because of those those players they have they just do so we'll wait and see where I go with that at the end I think the number three team in the Metropolitan is pretty clear cut it's Carolina once again you know it's like they have Ajo, Natchez, Teravainen it's like you have your your top guys coming back. Shvechnikov, unfortunately, will he be back this year? We don't know. Coming off that ACL. The one thing that Carolina did that I think, I don't know why they did. I think it's going to hurt them in the long run because it's not he's not the type of player who fits their culture and how they play is Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting's a little bitch who flops on the ice and tries to get penalties. Isn't He just... He he doesn't fit the culture of Carolina. I don't know why they signed him. I really do. It's a weird signing for that team when they could have went out and got some other guys who won or better scoring-wise. I mean, Michael Bunting played with goddamn Mitch Marner and uh, Austin Matthews. I think I could score 20 goals playing with those guys, and I can't skate. Like, those guys are top of the top in the league. Anybody you put with them is going to score a lot. 
So I think Michael Bunting, I think they're going to find out real quick that he's not the player they thought he was, who they signed, and he's going to he's gonna find out quick that when he doesn't have those uh, other guys, those top offensive guys to play with, that he's going to He's going to fall down the depth charts pretty quick. But the one thing about Carolina that they have is defense. I mean, Slavin, Burns, Shea, D'Angelo, Pesci, Chatfield. Now they added uh, Dmitry Orloff. I mean, defensively, they have one of the top defenses in the league. On top of their uh, skill players playing defense, I mean, they are, they, they've always been a top defensive team penalty kill wise everything like they just they are loaded and they play so good that you just can't score a lot on them and when you do it's a it's a it's a rare thing so Carolina once again going to be stacked on defense and for goaltending you know it's like they have two solid goaltenders in Anderson and Ranta they also have uh that Gochekov who played well when those guys were injured so if one of those guys get injured again you know, it's like they can bring him up. So with their defense and goaltending, it's like they will be in it right again. It's going to be how much scoring can they have. It's always been the issue with Carolina the last few years. They thought they saw, sort of solved it last year with, uh, who was it, Pacioretty, who played one game and got hurt in it and tore his Achilles again or something like that. But can Carolina score enough? You know, it's like without Shvechnikov, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to score. It's like they think Michael Bunting is going to do it. I'm sorry. There could be in for a rude awakening, awakening that he's not. So, Carolina, it's all going to be about scoring for them. Top defense, good goalies, good defensive team all around. Can they score enough points? In the regular season, I think they can. I think I think for especially for the Metropolitan, Carolina is easily that number three team. Then I think we have sort of a little bit of a logjam of who's going to get that final wild card spot. We have Washington, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be close between the three teams. I do think, on paper, I sort of think the Islanders should have the edge, but it's hard to say. I mean, the Islanders, it's going to be about scoring for them also. Matthew Barzell, I don't know I don't know what it is with him. He has so much talent in the world. But when you watch him play, he doesn't display it. I don't it I don't know how to describe it, but if if anybody watches the Islanders, you can see how much talent's there and what he can do with the puck in his possession and how he skates and everything. But he just doesn't he doesn't put it all together. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, if it's a motivational thing. It's just he's at the cusp that he could be a big time superstar in the league. And it's it's weird to watch because he has so much talent and he just he just doesn't put it together. There's just something something missing right there. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it'll ever come out. Hopefully it does someday because he's fun to watch. But if he could have a big, huge year this year, then the Islanders, 
that's what the Islanders really need, but the Islanders can get that final wild card spot. You know, they'll have a full season now with Bo Horvat coming over last year from Vancouver. When Horvat came over, was not the same guy that he was in Vancouver. They need to sort of get that going. They don't really have much else, though, offensively. You know, Barzil, Horvat, Lee, Nelson, Palmieri, Sikas, Clutterbuck. I mean, they're not top offensive scoring guys, so their their big issue is going to be scoring like a lot of these teams. I mean, defensively, they're pretty good with Pollock, Pellick, Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson's that guy on, de- on defense that can do a little bit offensively that they really need. And then goaltending-wise, you have arguably with uh, Shesterkin, a lot of people say, Ilya Sorokin, best goalie in the league. It's really close with those two guys. And then Varlamov as a backup. So you have really solid top-end goaltending, pretty solid D, and most of their offensive guys are more defensive players. So it's it's going to really come down to scoring for the Islanders. We'll see how they do. Like I said, Barzell, if Barzell can turn into that that top guy, that top playmaker, then I think they really have a shot to doing even more than just squeaking in the playoffs. But we shall see how the season goes. Uh, next up, we have Pittsburgh. Let's just say get it off the way. I hate Pittsburgh as a Red Wings fan. I completely hate Pittsburgh. We should have won back-to-back titles. That's a whole other issue. They beat us in 09. We beat them the year before. Hate everything about them. Hate everything about their team. Hate hate Sidney Crosby. Hate Evgeny Malkin. Hate everybody on their team. So Pittsburgh is going to be a team that I really don't talk about much. It's just it's one of those rivalries, one of those teams that when you have a team you hate. But as far as their team, you know, they still have Crosby, Malkin, that Gensel. They brought over Eric Carlson. We'll see what he does. You know, it's like he had that big year last year. They're going to hope for it again to sort of make up for basically age. You know, it's like their top guys are just getting old. You know, they're at, their, they're at the tail end of their careers. So, good luck out of him. Uh, they still have Chris Letang on defense. Still have uh, Tristan Jari as goalie, who's solid. Their backup goalie, though, Alex Nedeljkovic. If you're a Red Wings fan, you you know about Nedeljkovic. He has flashes of greatness, but he has no consistency. So, you know, it's like what they'll get out of him. They'll get a good game every five, every ten. They'll get a good one. But for them, Pittsburgh, it's going to be about age. You know, it's like it's just that all their guys are getting older, and can they hold up for a full season? So it'll be interesting to see with them. And then that last team that's right there that's close is Ove- is uh, Washington. You know, it's like you have Ovechkin still, who's now chasing the Gretzky for the all-time goal-scoring mark this year. You know, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, who was injured a lot of the last year. Oshie still. Mantha. They got Wilson, who was, I don't think, played last year, was hurt the entire year. Carlson. Kemper at goalie. You know, it's like they have a solid team, but I think they're in the same boat that Pittsburgh is age you know it's like everybody on that team has been around for a very long time you know and that's a good thing to have experience but once you're starting to get up there past that breaking point 
you know, it's like now you're just aging out. And, you know, it's like can they hold up for the entire season? Can they – do they have enough gas in the tank? That's that's the big question with Washington, and it's going to be the big question with Pittsburgh, I think. So, like I said, between Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders, I think it's a very – I think it's close to who can get that final wild card spot. If I had to choose – I will go with the Islanders to get that final spot. So, uh, yeah, I think Pittsburgh and Washington, I think their age will just catch up to them by the end of the year. Like I said, still talent, just just an older teams. So, uh, so for the Metropolitan, let's go, let's go New Jersey to be the one seed. Rangers two, Carolina three. Islanders to be that last wild card at number four. Then we'll go Pittsburgh at five, Washington at six, Columbus at seven, and the Flyers at eight. So that takes care of two divisions now for us. We're halfway through. Get to the other side of the bracket now out west. So first up, we are going to look take a look at the Central. So the Central Division, we have Dallas, Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Colorado, St. Louis, Chicago, and Arizona. So I think at the top, once again, is going to be very close between two teams, Colorado and Dallas. You know, it's like Colorado, they still have that top line. They still have McKinnon, who's a top five, top three player in the league. Rantanen, who really stepped up last year and became even better, better of a goal scoring than he was the year before, took the, took an, even another step that which, you know, he thought he was already up there. But, you know, with McKinnon, Rantanen, Nachuskin, if he can stay healthy, they still have defense and Makar, Taves, Byram, Mason. You know, it's like they still have they still have a really good team, really solid team, put up points. You know, they have Georgiev at goalie. I think I'm still unsure of him. You know, I just am. I need to see more. Their big loss still for them, for Colorado, is Landeskog going to be out the entire year again. If they make the playoffs, maybe he'll make it. Th- make it they, they're hoping maybe he can make it for the playoffs, but pull sort of a Kucherov for, for Tampa from a couple of years ago. But Colorado, just solid top team at top. Uh, solid team. You know, it's like they still have all those guys, most of them from the Stanley Cup team. When you have Nathan McKinnon and Rantanen leading the way with Kale McCarr and some of those guys on defense, you're going to be good. So I think it's between them and Dallas at the top of the Central. Dallas, what they did last year, Jason Robertson turned into a star last year, and I think he will keep it going for sure. And when you have that line with him and uh, Segan and... Pavelski, and then you have Hints, Ben. Uh, they have a good, they have a good top couple lines that can score, and are pretty solid on defense. Wyatt Johnson, I think, could be the could be a key factor for them. Last year, he showed as a rookie that he has a star potential. He he takes another step forward this year that could really boost Dallas to becoming the number one seed. And on defense, you know, you got. Haskinen, Lindell, Suter, Hockenpah, Lundqvist. So good, solid defense for Dallas. And uh, Ottinger in goal. You know, Jake Ottinger has shown now that he's turning into one of the top guys in the league. As long as he stays healthy, 
You know, it's like that's what he can be. So Dallas all around just a top good team. Great offense, good defense, big time goalie. They're going to be right there fighting for that number one seed in the Central. I think it's sort of between them and Dallas and Colorado at the top. Let's uh, and then let's go number three. I think is is pretty is going to be pretty clear for the Central is going to be Minnesota. You know, it's like you've got Kirill Kaprizov who is a star, and Matt Boldy who is looking like he's that second star on that team. What he did when Krill got injured last year carrying that team, he showed that, one, he can he can carry that team, and, two, the type of player he is. So with those two, Krill and Boldy, as your top two guys on the line, I mean, you're going to score. You're going you're gonna to be in every game. You know, it's like they got Zuccarello, Eriksenak, Felino, Rossi, a few young guys who are – playing better who should be better this year who were rookies last year so minnesota offensively looking good they got spurgeon addison defense that addison he was a rookie last year see they're looking i'm sure forward to him taking another step forward and then in goal goal could be their biggest weakness you know it's like you still have mark andre Fleury. he's still doing good it's just age with him it's like how how much will how much can he do? I don't think he's going to be the full time. I think he'll be Gustafson, who will get the most of the reps. But having a flurry as a backup is not a bad thing, you know. So Minnesota is going to have a solid team. I think they're solidly the number three team in the Central. So yeah, for them. And then let's go. Let's go to the bottom. Let's go to the bottom. So I th- at the bottom of the division, I think this year Chicago, I think will be a last. They're they're in a complete rebuild. You know, you got Connor Bedard at number one, who I think in a few years can turn into definitely a top guy in the league, especially shot wise. You know, it's like his 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 little toe drag wrist shot is so is just so incredible that he'll be able to score a lot of goals. You know, that Reichel, who was going to be in the second year, they brought in a few veteran guys like Taylor Hall and Felino and Corey Perry. Sort of give a little protection to Bedard. Hopefully guys don't, so that way guys can't just push him around, stick up for him and stuff like that. But other than that, Chicago, no defense. Goaltending is going to be a big problem again. They have Mrazic and Soderblom, not good. You know, Chicago is where they are. You know, last year they traded away everybody to get the number one pick, and that's who they got in Bedard. It's going to take Bedard a little time to adjust to the league, as we're seeing in preseason. When you're playing against actual professionals, it's a little different than playing in the minors. So take a little time for Bedard to adjust this year. Probably still score a lot of goals, but Chicago's just not going to be a good team. You know, it's like, and they don't want to be. To be honest, they don't want to be. They want high draft picks for the next couple of years and build on it. So I have Chicago last. I have Arizona not too far behind. Arizona is a whole nother issue. I don't know why they have a team. It's a joke that the league has a team there, the way they run that franchise. But anyways, that's another topic for another time, another rant I can get into. But uh, 
we have uh, Clayton Keller, and who's a, a good player for them. They got Maselli, who showed up big last year, showed that he has potential to be a big-time player in the league. Logan Cooley, who they're looking for for Logan Cooley, who as a rookie this year, they're going to be looking for some big things about or from. We'll see how he does, but, I mean, that's about it. That's all they really have for offense. On defense, you know, they brought in Dumba and Jury. I mean, their defense is going to be, it's all pieced together. When I was doing the research, the one thing I, I was shocked by, I couldn't believe, every single player on their defense is on a one-year contract. So none of these guys are going to be back again next year. So they're just sort of pieced together to try and get another year out of it and get another top draft pick like they've been doing. You know, so defense, not going to be great. They have that Vimelka at goalie who, you know, I don't think is very good. Maybe he'll be better this year, but they have a couple guys with – top talent at the at the at the uh offensive side for them but they're just not gonna be a very good team again you know they might score some goals but I don't I don't know Arizona's a joke for me so that's about all I want to talk about them for right now so uh yeah I have Arizona seventh in the division let's go with I think the other team that's at the bottom with those two is St. Louis I think St. Louis is definitely better than both of them. I just don't know. You just don't know what you're gonna get from them. I mean, for for scoring wise, you have Jordan Cairo, Shen Buchnevich. It's like that's a good, that's a hell of a line on players right there that can do some good stuff. Like they're they're good players. Verana, who's now gonna have a full full off season and full preseason with them. It's like he's he's a goal scorer, you know, and hopefully it works out for them him in. St. Louis, unlike it did with him in Detroit. It's like they're going to be able to put up points. Their defense is pretty solid. You know, Justin Fult, Krug, Perienko, Letty. They have a good defense, good top line, but goaltending, you still have Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington is one of the biggest head cases there is in this league. It's like you have no idea what you're going to get from him day-to-day, night-to-night, game-to-game. You know, he had that miraculous run a few years ago in the playoffs, but, I mean, he's, when you're relying on that guy to try and do stuff for you, I think you're in trouble. So I think St. Louis is definitely better than Chicago and Arizona. They should they should be in quite a few games, but I think they'll still finish sixth in the division. The two teams that, I think are right there. They're going to be going for that final wild card spot, though. Will be Winnipeg and Nashville. So you got for Winnipeg, you still have Kyle Connor there, still have Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ellers, still have those top guys, the top end guys who you know have been there for a long time. I think they're still going to be be able to score goals. It's like they should they should do pretty well. I think the big thing that is going to sort of make or break their season is the trade they made. You know, they sent, uh, what's his name to, uh, the Kings who we'll get to, I have it on there, but they got back in that trade from the Kings. I follow Velarde and Kupari. I think from what I saw last year, those guys, 
those guys were young and young rookies on that team with L.A. I think those are guys are big-time players who, with another year in the league, could really step up for, for the Jets. I think this trade in the long run could really help out the Jets. It's like those are three really good, really solid guys who can score, play well. So I think as long as each of those guys could take another step forward this year, I think the Jets are in really good shape there. Cole Perfetti, also rookie last year. What can he do this year? You know, make that second-year leap. You know, it's like they still have pretty solid defense with Morrissey and Poink. Hellebuck at goalie. You know, it's like he's, there's been some stuff with him about wanting to be there, not wanting to be there, being on a winning team, stuff like that. We'll see where his head's at, how it goes, but for the most part, Winnipeg should have a pretty decent team once again. Like I said, I think that trade in the long run is really going to help the Jets, and they're going to find that out pretty quick. It's going to come down to, I think, Hellebuck. You know, it's like if he really puts – really – puts his mind into it and plays well for Winnipeg, they can probably get that last uh, spot, that la- well, wild card spot in the West and Central. And then the one team I think that's competing for them and the, the only team would be Nashville. You know, they signed O'Reilly. They have Tomasino, Philip Forsberg. That's about it. You know, they're a very scrappy team. They're not a team I watch a lot. You know, defensively, they're good. They have Yossi, McDonough, Luke Shen, Carrier, Barry for some offense, who they got last year from Edmonton. They still have Yossi Saros and Gal Goal, who is a top goaltender. You know, they got good good defense, good goalie, uh, good defense, good goaltending. Can they score? You know, they're sort of a mini version of Carolina. Can they put enough points on the board? Can they score enough goals to win enough games? And I th- I sort of think they're just going to be left out. So for the Central, you know what? I will do Dallas 1, Colorado 2, Minnesota 3. There's your top three teams. Jets get the wild card. Then you have Nashville 5, St. Louis 6, Arizona 7, and Chicago number 8. And last but not least, let's get to this Pacific Division. Probably, well, one of the more better divisions in in the league this year. Pacific, let's start at the bottom. Two bottom teams, Sharks. I think Sharks Sharks will finish last. They have basically Hurdle, Couturier, and nothing. You know, they really, they they really don't have much of a team. At least. From what I see, I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going into a rebuild. They have those two long contracts in Hurdle and Couture, who maybe someday they'll trade out of, but Sharks are in for a long, tough season, I think. I think they finished last, so, and I don't, I'm not really a fan of them. I just, they're not interesting to watch, so, don't really pay attention to much of the Sharks, but I think with that team, they're they're going to be bad this year. At seven, I think is uh, Anaheim. They're still a couple years away from really competing. They did sign uh, Zegras, so signed him to a three-year, five point seven five million a year deal. 
So they have they have some top guys, you know. It's like Troy Terry, Zegris, if he can, you know, sort of, like I said, with a lot of these guys, take that next step. You know, he's getting that in this first, you know, bigger contract now. And then McTavish, who's coming up. You know, you have McTavish, Zegris, Terry. They brought in Kalorn, Strom, Silverberg. Like, they have a... They have some better players this year. We'll see how they do. Like I said, those young guys, it's all about developing them. Leo Carlson, who looks from everything that he's going to be on the team, I know nothing about him. I didn't see much of him. I didn't see really any of his stuff from when he was over in Europe. I have no idea what he's going to look like until I watch a game this year. We'll see if Anaheim made the right call in picking him over Adam Fantilli. I don't think so, but we'll see. Like I said, I have to save judgment until I actually see him play a game. You know, it's like defense. They brought in Gudis, at least, to have some some hitting and sort of protect the young guys. Fowler. They will get Drysdale back this year, who was injured for most of last year. I still got John Gibson at goalie. I know that a lot of people around the league and media really like him. I don't. I think he's an average goalie. I just do. I don't know. Dostal is a backup. We'll rookie. We'll see. It's like they got some top-end young talent, but they're a few years away yet. You know, it's like defense, not great. Goal attending, not great. And you have bad – you're bad at defense and goaltending. You're not going to win a lot in this league. So that's our bottom two teams. Let us let us go to the top. So at the top, I know they're never I know they haven't won the division the last few years. They're always second or third. I'm gonna go with Edmonton this year. I will say that this, if not this year for Edmonton, then they might not ever do it with the players they have. Of course, McDavid, number one player in the world, best player in the world. It's not even close. He He's just, it's like what he did last year and what he's going to do for the next couple of years. He's at the top of his game in every category. You know, he hit that 150-point mark, which hadn't been done in like 30 years. Who knows, this year he might even try and get to that 200-point mark, which is unheard of would be unheard of in today's game we'll see i think get 150 again though pretty easily with the with the team they have especially if everyone stays healthy you got mcdavid number one player in the world you got dry who for sure top five for me possibly two or three like dry is right there he is an incredible player with those two at the top of your team you're gonna win a lot of games but you should win a lot of games no doubt about it. You have two of the best players in the entire world and the number one guy by far. You know, a lot of guys back from last year and Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane still there. If he can play a full season, last year was sort of a fluky injury with the cut on his wrist and stuff. If he can play a full season actually for them, because last two years, last year was partial, then the year before that was the trade. And so you get a full year out of that from that those top guys and that team actually really finds its rhythm offensively 
they're they're going to put up so many points, especially on the power play. Their power play is is absolutely incredible. Like I don't know what you could do to actually stop it. When you when they're at like a fifty percent pace on the power play, like the only thing you can do is just not take penalties, which is hard to do because of their speed that they have. But with their power play, they're gonna score a lot of goals again. Have the best power play in the league, one of the most unstoppable ones you'll ever see. I think a big thing for them also on defense at home, being there after that trade last year, being there for a full year is really going to help out Bouchard, who after Barry got traded, sort of got put up into that top spot, especially on the power play, can make a big difference for them. Nurse, Nurse has to play better. He just does. When you're getting paid almost $10 million a year on defense, you need to you need to step your game up a little bit. And then, you know, CC DeHarnay, who will be in his second year, you're looking for a little more out of him. But with Ekholm being there on defense, Bouchard sort of stepping up into that spot last year, now being full-time, that number one guy, especially on power play and top on defense. Like, Edmonton should be very good. Their biggest question, once again, like a lot of teams, goaltending. Stuart Skinner will be in his second year. He basically took the job from Campbell, who they paid all that money to. And Skinner needs to play well. So does Campbell. Like, you paid a lot of money to Jack Campbell. Now, I personally would have never paid him what they paid him. I didn't think he was that great of a goalie in the first place, especially coming home from Toronto. But they did what they did. They made their bed. They have to lie in it now. So you're, I guess you're hoping from for just somewhat of a season from him. And then Stuart Skinner, you're hoping that he, in his second year now, gets even better. It's like, but that's their biggest question is goaltending. Has been for the last few years. It will continue to be. But with their offense, they're a team that, with their offense and defensive guys, they're a team that can outscore and do enough to win a lot of games. So I think this is the first year now that Edmonton actually wins the division, gets that number one spot in the Pacific. Number two, I'm going to go with Vegas. I think Vegas still has a lot of, I mean, they have a lot of guys coming back from that Stanley Cup winning team from last year. Eichel, Stone, Carlson, Marcheseau, Stevenson, Barbashev, defensively, Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore, McNabb. I mean, at goalie, still have Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson. Who knows about Robin Leonard, if he's ever going to come back from off IR. You know, it's like it's going to be a healthy. It's going to be – it's going to come down to goaltending, which they got a lot of last year. They sort of got lucky last year a little bit that every time a goaltender went down, the next guy came in and was amazing. But I still think Vegas has a very good team going to score a lot, good defense. Will come down a little bit to goaltending if the guys play up to their potential, though, and to what they played last year. I still see Vegas being number two seed. They are the defending champs. I think that they're going to be very good still. So number two, number three in division, I have L.A. I have L.A. number three. You know, it's like they still have those top guys in Kopitar, Fiala, Kempe, Darno. Still have Drew Doughty on defense. 
Oh, the the guy they they got from um from Winnipeg that I forgot his name about uh, Dubois. I don't know about the trade. It's like they seem to really like it. We'll see how much of a difference maker he is. Three players for one. Like I said, those three players last year for the Kings played pretty damn well. So they're they're putting a lot of their eggs in one basket and Dubois really, really making a big difference for that team. At goalie, I think, is their, their biggest issue, I think, with everybody in this division. You know, it's like it looks like Cam Talbot will be the guy who they're gonna go with. Who's a solid goalie. And then uh Copley is backup. You know, it's like last year with the whole thing when they traded quick and sort of redid their whole goaltending at the sort of at the end of the year it was an interesting move. But you know, it's like those top three teams, it's all can come down to goaltending, I think, for all three of them. So but with their firepower and what they have and good defensively, I think the Kings will once again be the number three team. Um let's go to let's go to Calgary. Let's go to the bottom. I think Calgary Calgary will be number six in the division. They got a new coach and Ryan Huska, don't know much about him. Can he turn around Huberto, who they made that big trade with from Florida? Right now it looks like Florida's getting has a big time edge in that trade, especially what they did last year. But Huberto, can he turn it around, have a big season, be the guy he was in Florida? You know, Kadri, Magiapani, Backlund, Lindholm, Weger, and Hannafin on defense. They still have Markstrom and goal with Vlader as backup. I just don't know what to make of that team. Like I said, new coach, new, hopefully, uh, atmosphere, culture in the building. We'll see what happens. I'm. It's a team I'm really unsure about. They have they have a lot of talent. It's about putting it together. It's like they could possibly, if this new coach gets everyone playing really well, they could possibly uh, challenge for that wild card. I don't know. Right now, from what I've seen, and from last year, I have them six. It's between Seattle and Vancouver for that last, for the wild card spot. You know, it's like for Vancouver, you've got Pedersen, Miller, Bosser, Kuzmenko, who was a huge, huge uh, bonus for them last year. Let's see if he can keep it going. Last year's rookie, Quinn Hughes on defense. Phil Peronick, who they think is good on defense, I think they're going to find out pretty quick that why the Red Wings got rid of him is because he's not he's not all that he all that they think he is. And for us to get a first round pick last year, that's that was a swindle, I think, in my in my opinion, especially watching Peronick a lot. So Vancouver defensively, I think, is going to be weak. They have Demko at goalie, who's He's solid. I mean, Vancouver, they have, they should have a lot of defense. They should have a lot of offense, I should say. A lot of offensive defensemen. How good were their defense and goaltending be? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think great. We'll see how they do. I think they're another one of those teams that, you know, has players who can put the puck in the net but can't defend and 
let a lot in. They're also a weird team up there. The last few years, the amount of talent they've had that has not been able to put together, I just don't know. I, I have to see it from them to actually believe it. So let's put Vancouver at five, and then let's go Seattle to get that final wild card spot. You know, it's like Matty Beneers got the Calder last year. Future star, I think. He just he has an all-around game, good shot, speed, fast, good playmaking ability. So you have him coming into a second season. Burkowski, Eberly, Schwartz, Borkstrand, Gord, McCann, on defense with Larson, Schultz, Dumlin, Dunn. I mean, they have a solid team once again. I think their biggest issue, once again, like pretty much this entire division is goaltending. Grubauer, you know, it's like he, last year, surprisingly enough, he surprised me uh, as well as he did. Let's see him do it again, you know. But I think Seattle right there is that is that wild card for the Pacific. So, so in the Pacific, we have Edmonton number one, Vegas two, Kings three, Seattle to get the wild card spot four, Vancouver, Calgary, Anaheim, and then to end out the bad team in that division, the Sharks. So, so there is our season preview for the NHL season. In the Pacific, we have Edmonton, Vegas, Kings, Seattle, along with the Central of Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, the Jets. That's the West. In the East, we have the Atlantic. We have Toronto, Florida, Boston, Tampa, along with New Jersey, New York, Carolina, and the Islanders in the Metropolitan. So, so at We'll see how it all shakes out this year. Like I said, Tuesday is the start of the season. They have three games on. The Red Wings travel to New Jersey to play the Devils for the opener. That's a primetime game, national televised game. We'll get a good look early on for the Wings, see how good they actually are going against New Jersey and that firepower. Last year, we were able to sort of get to New Jersey early. I think we opened with New Jersey last year also. Able to beat them early. That's what started the whole, you know, fire the coach thing that New Jersey then turned it completely around. So, yeah, we'll have next week some uh, talk about how the Wings start the season. You know, with the NHL opening out, some stuff I've seen. We have this weekend... Uh, Michigan at home against Indiana on Saturday. We got the Lions at Tampa on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, I will see you all next time. Bye.